What's good, Internet? It's your boy, Corey, from the Hardwood Herald, and we are here, episode one of my brand new podcast, Nothing But Netflix, a podcast where myself and friends are going to break down my favorite basketball films. With us today for our first episode is Jonathan Macri of Nick's Film School and Nick's SI. Jonathan, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to, you know, talk about a movie that um, is not very good, but it was it's entertaining. Uh, as many movies are, it's fine. And and honestly, I'm I'm honored to be your first guest on this because um, you know the work that you've been doing with like the film breakdowns of of draft prospects. I gotta tell you, man, it's as good as anything out there. It's really really good. So um, yeah, definitely, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, I'm I'm ready. Let's do this. You said that it was not a great movie. The internet seems to agree. It got an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rod- Roger Ebert, one and a half stars. Um, also not the best. But you know what? I do think it is a good basketball movie for a time where we don't actually have basketball going on. It's enjoyable, like you said. Um, basically, for anybody who hasn't seen it, if you're a Knicks fan, I, I feel like you need to watch it. Because I do think that one of the things they do a very good job with is it's very authentically New York Knicks from the 90s. Um, Basically, Whoopi Goldberg is a super fan. She wins a contest to become coach for the half, sit on the bench, ends up taking over, becoming the head coach, takes a ragtag group of guys, turns them around, gets them to the playoffs. That's your pretty, you know, that's your synopsis. But in there there are really good like Nick's tropes in there that I was, you know, the director, the writer, I tried researching it a little bit. I couldn't really find anything on the internet, but like you kind of really had to be a Knicks fan and a basketball fan to, you know, pull off some of the things they did. Yeah. I, um, it's funny. So I, I mean, I've been a Knicks fan since I was, uh, let's see, 1990. I started watching in like 92, 93, that, that season. Um, and this movie came out in 96. So, you know, I, I had no reason not to see it. And I remember when it came out and I just think, you know, I was young, my, my, my parents didn't take me to see it, whatever. So, and I just never made it a point to watch it until you got in touch with me. And I'm like, all right, well, I've always wanted to watch this movie anyway. And like, there are, it's a trip because there's people showing up left and right. Oh yeah who you don't expect to see. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of them. Um, But yeah, I think to your point, it, it, you know, it's interesting because I think it really taps into this idea that like, you know, as a lot of movies do, like major league is the first one that comes to my mind with the Indians and Cleveland, but there's a, a million other ones where it's like, this team means so much to the city that it transcends like how good the team is playing or anything like that. And it's just, it's interesting because I, I, and I like the way you put it, that it harkened back to the nineties because there was a time when Knicks basketball was as important as anything in the city. And this movie came out in 96. It was, you know, right in the middle of it. Yeah. It was like, you know, 94, obviously everybody thinks MSG Rangers next, but that was that, that feeling was still tangible. And like 96, it was starting to turn because the Yankees had made the push again. And obviously when the Yankees are good, it's like, you know, it dominates everything, but Big time. yeah, but there, there is a world where basketball 
is the most important thing in New York City. And this movie, in a weird way, kind of did capture that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, there's little touches here and there. Like, you know, uh, Whoopi's character, Eddie, you know, she wears Willis, a Willis Reed jersey to the, to the game. She okay. wears, you know, an Earl Monroe jersey to the game. She's doing, like, on her answering machine, if you want to get in touch with her, um, by the way, for anybody too young to know what an answering machine is, basically <laughs> voice, it's old school voicemail. <laughs> it was actually a thing where you had to put in a tape and then... Once the tape got full, I I, I realized I sh- should I explain what a tape is? Yeah, the, um, you had to you had to erase the tape and the, yeah, it was yeah. the whole thing. But you know she's leaving like you know trivia questions that are like really like niche New York Knicks trivia questions. So yeah. if you're just approaching it as like an outsider, you don't really understand how like you know kind of like in depth and in touch you had you know you had to be with the city with the team to uh, appreciate it. Um, So I did think that that was cool and they did a really good job of that. Um, But the one thing I just want to throw in there is, and I'm going to get back to this because I have, I have some nitpicks here. (laughs) Um, When the movie opens, I, if I, unless I misheard it, it said that they are 14 and 39. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the record of the Knicks when the movie opens. We're going to be, what's that? (laughs) We'll get to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get there. But like the notion and and, you know, they show all these clips of like people in whatever bars and in like cabs, like, Hey, put the Nick game on. Yeah. Like I'm thinking back to the 17 win season from a few years ago. (laughs) If you walked into a bar and a Nick game was on, people were like, shut it off. Um, So (laughs) again, a lot, I think maybe a lot has changed in terms of like basketball and the consciousness of the city, but yeah, it was it was um, it was nice to feel that feeling again watching this. <laughs> yeah, and like if we're gonna go through it chronologically to start off, one of the things I thought was kind of cool is that Eddie is you know she's a limo driver, she's at her job, she's in her office, and she's doing her own like talk radio show. You know, she's she's doing like basically like a precursor to a podcast, doing live play by play for her fans. Um, And I kind of thought that was fitting, too. And that was one of the things that held up, I think, the best that she was kind of like ahead of the game in the like DIY do it yourself, (laughs) like media, like she would have like a massive following online if this movie was set in 2020. If she was like that dedicated to the craft, she would probably have like a big following. Yeah, I was wondering when she was doing that. I was like, I guess she's doing the play-by-play for the other limo drivers that are out there, like, you know, and she's, like, the dispatcher. Um, uh, but but meanwhile, you had – so we should get this out of the way first. You had all of the – like, a bunch of major people, but they were in different roles because you had Marv – he was doing – I think – I couldn't tell. Was Marv doing TV or was he doing radio? I don't think that was ever really clear. I feel like he was doing TV. But it, you're right. okay. Yeah. And then you had Walt. <laughs> the fun, there, were, there were a lot of funny things about this movie. Walt Frazier basically, I think he was essentially like a Mike Francesa, like a host of a call-in show, right? Yeah. On WFAN. And then you had also Boomer uh, from ESPN doing that too. Man. Which, which by the way, the fan theme song, it, it hits. Like growing up in New York, you hear oh. the theme song for the fan. Like great. today, 20 years, like that it just hits you. It's like very nostalgic feeling, you know, like growing yeah. up, listening to Mike, the mad dog. Um, it's fantastic. I, just watching that over again. I'm like, ah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, you know, I touched on it. Eddie's a limo driver. This is where she meets Wild Bill for the first time. So Wild Bill is the team owner, takes over, brand new, just bought the team. He's from Texas, basically a cowboy. And my question to you is, if you had a choice, would you take Wild Bill oh God. <laughs> or James Dolan? <laughs> um, oh, boy. <laughs> That's a tough one. I mean, I don't, want to spoil, one. I don't want to spoil anything, but by the end, he, he tries to he tries to move the team. Tries to move the team. Uh, tries to move the team. Um, hmm. He doesn't. He only. He seems to only care about making money, which I feel like yeah. in 2020, um, if you like, I don't. Man, I I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I might rather have Dolan. Ooh. Um, w for for James Dolan. I mean. Let's also like touch on the elephant in the room, which is the absurdity of the premise of this movie. Sure. Which is that he pulls a fan from the stands to coach the team, and yeah. she clearly is over not qualified to do this, all because he doesn't want to pay his coach. Right. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it, <laughs> James Dolan, he does pay coaches. If we're gonna, well, I mean, pretty soon he's gonna be paying what three coaches at the same time? I think. Yeah. Prop, yeah. Who knows at this point? Bobby Bonilla is getting paid in New York still. So who knows how many people are on the Knicks? Pair. I've lo- I've lost track to be honest with you. Um, let's talk about the Knicks coaching before sure. we get into the movie start. Yeah, uh, sure. The movie stuff. Are you a Are you a Tibbs guy? Or are you an Atkinson guy? Gosh. Or, or is there a wild card? Um, I'd be happy with either. Um, I'm I'm firmly in camp. Anybody but kid. Um, <laughs> and, I'm, I'm and, with you there. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think they're both good coaches. Um, I think they both have, I think they have very different styles, um, about how they approach the job, but like, you know, Tibbs is, uh, you know, he's Tibbs. Um, he eats, bleeds, sleeps, sweats, pisses, shits all, you know, he, (laughs) he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have kids. It's like basketball is his whole life. Life. Which I kind of find appealing, um, as opposed to the the coach in this movie who apparently just can't be bothered. Um, yeah, I think I'm in Camp Tibbs, um, yeah. but it's close. Um, I've, I've actually been spending a lot of my time watching, in addition to this movie, watching film from his his Wolves teams and his Bulls teams. Um, and uh, I think the con- the only conclusion that I've reached is that uh, you can't play have a good defense anymore if you have bad defensive players that's that's about as far as i've gotten <laughs> that's a pretty good that's a pretty good anecdote i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i'm i have a soft spot i'm a bulls fan so i have a, a huge soft spot for tibbs um obviously with everything going on with the bulls right now i long for the days of tom thibodeau on the side yeah. um but he he really is like the perfect like New York personality. He's not going to be bullied, intimidated by, by anybody. He's going to do things his way. And whatever the Knicks current roster, obviously it's going to change a little bit going forward, but whatever they have inside of them, I know that he's going to bring out the most. That might not be great or even good, but I know he'll get the most out of it. So, well, no, I, I think, you know, I, 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 I always hesitate to use the word core and Knicks yeah. in the same sentence because <laughs> I don't think anybody is good enough on this team to qualify as a core piece. Yeah. No, no offense to anybody who's like, 
you know, yeah. RJ, RJ Barrett's a future all NBA player or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I like RJ. I love Mitch. You know, they're, they're really good. They're yeah. really good young players. Intriguing. All that stuff. Um, that said, they're the closest thing you have to a core. So I think it is important to get a coach that um, can make the most out of them. And I definitely think Tibbs, you know, you give him Mitch. Like he's, it's funny. I, we don't talk about this at all. He's never had a center like Mitch, like a rim protector like Mitch Robinson. No. Joe Noah obviously won defensive player of the year, but he was like a weird I don't know what you call Joe Noah on the Bulls. He was a weird kind of we amalgamation. Him, we called him a point center. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he did everything. Um, and Mitch is a little different, but he's, you know, Mitch is good. So, um, yeah, I think um, – I wonder if Tibbs was the coach in, in Eddie, would he have would he have gone about things the same way as Dennis Farina, who, by the way, talk about a star turn. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> good old Dennis Farina, man. I, I was uh, – that was fun. That was good times. You know what? What's interesting about about his career is that have you ever seen the movie Little Big League? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same character. I think Dennis Farina plays Dennis Farina in everything he's been in for the last thirty like, years. It was literally a baseball team getting replaced by a little kid yeah. instead of a fan. <laughs> like it's just early on as a coach. Um, so pretty good. Yeah, he was he was uh, he was fantastic, and um, I'm glad that Dennis Farina is now. Uh, that's a good question, Dennis Farina or Jason Kidd. I think <laughs> I don't know who I'd rather have coach this well, team. But. Well, here's my next question: Should the Knicks abandon the Thibodeau route? Should they abandon the Atkinson route? Could we find somebody on NBA Twitter that? is just in love with the Knicks and just have an, an online Twitter contest. <laughs> that's, you know, it's funny because that's what this movie is present day. Um, the, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to flesh this out. It's just, it's funny because they, there's so much that goes into coaching an NBA team like now yeah. And that has nothing to do with X's and O's because like these guys, you know, as, as has been said by many, these guys are like brands unto themselves. Yeah. And, and, you know, talk about this movie being, dare I say, a little ahead of its time. <laughs> they, they did kind of nail that. It's like, yeah. you, you can't just come in and like coach these guys, like coaching a little league team or a high school team or a college right. team. It's like, they're going to practice when they want. They're going to like, whatever. And then they, you know, have some fun at the expense of that storyline. But, like, man, I, I do not want to throw my hat in the ring for Nick's <laughs> Twitter coach. You're no, out. I'm out. I'm out. Do we have anybody you want to nominate for this? I would nominate Dallas Amico of the of the of of Posting and Toasting. Okay. He, he is a very smart basketball mind. I don't know that the, the play, he quite has the gravitas that, you know, like R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle are going to listen to him, but he, he's a good basketball mind, so I dominate him. Um, all right, so one of, the, one of my biggest gripes with a lot of basketball movies is, like, do the basketball films actually hold up? Like, do they make, you know, do they work? Mm. And, you know, basically every basketball scene in this movie includes an NBA player. Yeah. So this is one of the rare movies that I think the basketball scenes actually are pretty legit. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know, it's, 
like obviously there's some storylines that they're they're driving home here like the the typical like the um the archetype of like the dopey european who doesn't play defense <laughs> which you know as i as i think to your your video of like you, i think you did a video of denny of these right oh yeah um I, I yeah i think we could bury that bury that trope at this point yeah. um and then you have um i always forget his name the the ball hog um Stacy Patton. Stacy uh, Patton. There you go. Malik Sealy, man. I, yeah. Well, so well, no. Hold on. We, there's the ball hog. Malik Sealy plays the guy that is like comes off the bench later with he has the bad knees, right? That's that's John Sally. That's okay. Sorry, yeah, I got I got yeah, okay. Yeah, mixed so up. John, yeah. So John Sally's like he's he's cool. I like John Sally in this movie. I didn't realize that was Malik Sealy. Yeah, man. Look, Malik Sealy. Like my, uh, you know, my grandpa went to St. John's. My uncle went to St. John's. He actually roomed for the semester that he went before he uh, failed out. He actually roomed with Jason Williams. Oh, word. Not okay. the good one. <laughs> you know, like the, you know. The, yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I grew up, Malik Seeley's St. John's team, that was the first live basketball game I ever went to. I didn't recognize, I swear to God, I didn't recognize yeah. him. And I, I, for some reason, I just assumed that that was just an actor um not like an nba player but wow well anyway he's a ball hog to like <laughs> i'm trying to think of the extreme if there's like a comparable nba player to compare him to the amount of ball hoggery oh man i mean julius randall at times on this year's knicks is close yeah uh, well how about rick fox at one rick fox's character at one point says that it was hard to go out there and play the team game with somebody going eight for thirty, eight for thirty-eight. I I was like, and I meant to look up what how many people in the league this year took thirty-eight <laughs> field goal attempts. And I didn't get a chance to. I can't imagine it was that many. The only person who could come close that I could think of, uh, think of would be Westbrook. Yeah, it's like or, you know, I'm, Harden. That that would be like, but you know, if Harden went eight for thirty-eight, he'd also have like nineteen free throws. But you that's know. the thing. He's eight. He he took thirty-eight shots. For a last place team, they were, they were, I believe that was in the midst of the losing streak after she initially took over. Yeah. Um, at like, but they make him out to be like this superstar player. I'm like, dude, if you're a superstar player, your team doesn't have this record. Although, <laughs> 20 years later, fast forward and look at Melo on the yeah. 17 win Knicks in 2000, uh, whatever the, the 16, year 16, was. 16, yeah. four, no, four, I think 14, 15, whatever that. Yeah, because 13, 14, 14, 15. Okay. Yeah, that was 17 wins. So I guess it can't happen. I, but even, you know, even Melo was still, he was still a good player. At that. Like, Stacey Patton's kind of trash. In, he is like, trash. You know, in the, trash. I mean, he gets benched, and nobody's, like, you know, making a big deal of the fact that he gets, if you have an all-star, you straight up bench him. Like, in New York, the media is going, is going nuts every day. Um, but how great is that, that the moment they bench him, that's, that's, li that's the, literally the only thing it takes to turn them around. <laughs> Fantastic. And, like, it would, they were on, like, a 20-game losing streak. Like, 20-plus well, games. They said – so, can we talk about the record? Yeah, yeah. Well, we could, t we could talk about that now. Okay. So, because <laughs> I, I – listen, I am still a lawyer at heart, and mm -hmm. I, I am a stickler for details. So, they say at the beginning – they're 14 and 39. That's when we meet them. Okay. They lose that night. And so that brings them, I guess, to 14 and 40. 
Then they mention a seven-game losing streak after Eddie takes over. So that brings them to 14 and 47, at which point they turn it around and make the playoffs. Yeah. To go from 14 and 47 to the playoffs (laughs) – I like I was looking at it at, at you're, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this. So I actually looked up what are the worst winning percentages to make the playoffs. Okay. Um you did have the Spurs in nineteen eighty-eight. They went thirty-one and fifty-one. Now that was in a twenty-five team NBA. Okay. So sixteen out of twenty-five made it. So that but even that, these Knicks would have had to go um sixteen and four. Mm. That's a tall ask. That is a, that is a tall ask. And I looked up. So th- I'm I'm assuming this movie came out in '96. Muggsy Bogues is hurt. Yeah. So I went and looked at the the Hornets roster. So that was the '95-'96 season. Yes. Okay. First of all, 27 teams then, which makes it harder that, to make the playoffs. That's peak Larry Johnson. Yes. By the way, he was. 28, four and a half, 37% from three, like unreal. But that team went 41 and 41 and they were the ninth seed. There you go. As, as uh, missing the playoffs with peak Larry Johnson. So they, it does match up that the Hornets did get the ninth, uh, the ninth seed in that year, but it, the records are a little, it's a little iffy. Yeah. Like in 95, the Celtics made it with a 35 and 47 record. But again, the Knicks would have had to go end the season on like a 32 or 31 game winning streak. It, it's, it yeah. Did, but, math doesn't really check out there. Um, I wonder if this movie is what got Larry Johnson traded to the Knicks. Do you think? He just, <laughs> he was. Because he got traded for, for was, Anthony Mason, who talk about bringing a tear to my eye. Oh my God. Seeing Mace in the playground, man, with the, John the, Starks the, and Herb Williams. The playground scene is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the worst defense Gary Payton's ever played. Dude! He's like, <laughs> like, he puts one move on him, and that's it. He goes to the basket. He's frozen. And he said that he was a, a he, would, he played in the final four with Michigan, I think. I think it was the final four with Michigan um, four years ago. It was something like that. And he's, he's just literally a statue. Um, just oh, absolutely okay. atrocious. But that scene's great. And that is a good scene. Gary Payton and Anthony Mason. I'm trying to think all time how many trash talking duos are better than than those two guys. Oof. I mean, Starks, I think, even thought of himself as a trash talker <laughs> from time to time, even though I don't know how he didn't get a line in it in the movie. They have him right there, and like you <laughs> couldn't give old Herb Williams a line. Come on, man, Herb, it's <laughs> it's Herb. Yeah. Um, no, man, uh, Mace. Mace, I think, was a pretty good trash talk. But, I mean, Gary Payton's Gary Payton. Um, I liked the LJ trash talking in the in the last – like, LJ's trash talking, like, in the final minute of that yeah. game. That was <laughs> – you know, and you had – who else did you have? You had some Rodman trash talking in this movie. Um, uh, Avery Johnson. Oh, my God. Can we, can we please talk about the coaching – the coaching tree – for the Spurs in that scene, because the Spurs featured both Avery Johnson and Vinny Del Negro. Vinny Del Negro. Speaking, going back to my, my first NBA game, I was the San Antonio Spurs versus the Orlando Magic in okay. San Antonio. Um, Robinson versus Shaq. Okay. 
Wow. I was like, my uncle was in the Air Force. We were visiting him. We went to that game. I I loved Vinny Del Negro because I thought he had the coolest name ever. <laughs> I was like, I, that. <laughs> I, I want to say Del Negro and Avery Johnson hold the, the distinction of having like two of the three or four highest winning percentages amongst coaches this century to be like not under any consideration ever no. for a head coaching job, which no. speaks to just how wonderfully they did um, at Vinny their respective Del stops. Also the only coach probably this decade, century, who was choked by his general manager. Um, um, well, yeah, that's there – you, there you go. That's, that's all. My general manager. Obviously, you know, we have Sprewell choking uh, his coach, but management to, to coach, I think, uh, I think Del Negro's got that one uh, covered. I, I, yeah, he has to. He, you know, Vinny Del Negro, man, keeps keeps stomping those feet on the on the sideline. Yeah, but that was a nice scene. I liked Vinny and Avery too together. Yeah, there was. I mean, the whole movie. I mean, you had Daughtry. Um, yeah, he was talking some trash. Uh, you had Vlade, prime Vlade. You know, Lakers Vlade. Um, oh, and 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 the coach of the Lakers. How can we not mention <laughs> Kurt Rambis? Kurt Rambis, Nick young Legend. Kurt Rambis, Nick's legend. <laughs> 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 uh, they, th- this movie really did have it all. Um, I there were some things that I I felt bad like Mark Jackson being overly religious, <laughs> very on the nose. I mean, did he help write the screenplay? Check, I, I, I mean, his character's nickname was Preacher, so uh, yeah. So he definitely. I'm sure he had a say in that. He was like, "Oh, like I'll be in the movie, but I got to." Uh, you know, I gotta, my, I gotta be preacher. I'm and, sure. He, and, and did you catch what he's reading on the plane? No. Uh, that would be the Bible. No, well, yeah, he's. I'm sure he's always got it handy. <laughs> hey, listen, it's again true to form. <laughs> Very realistic. This is a movie based on real, real scenarios in life. Um, and speaking of which, it, I think one of the the craziest parts about this movie is that coming out in 1996. Part of it being outrageous, ignoring the the fact that, you know, a fan is selected to be the head coach of the New York Knicks, is that the fan is a black woman. Yeah. And that was part, like, you know, you have the scene with the street interviews, you know, you got the construction guy saying, oh, I wouldn't want to play for a woman. Rudy Giuliani Giuliani takes a rare W um, (laughs) in the film, (laughs) getting behind the idea. Um, but you know, it's crazy that we're almost 30 years removed from this film and we have yet to have a, a woman head coach. I actually, it's funny you say that. I looked at it from the opposite perspective, which is that we are less than 30 years removed from a place where I can't believe I think this is me being optimistic, which I have not been a lot of over the last several months. Let me tell you um, <laughs> about just the world and society. Yeah. But like we could have as the premise of a movie 25 years ago, that the idea of a black woman coaching a professional basketball team was absurd. Yeah. And that it was so absurd that it sold a movie in which the re the, the, if you were going to see, aside from Nick fans, right, or general NBA fans, if you were going to see this movie, it was like, 
They put a black woman in charge of a of a basketball team. Ha! Huh. Yeah. That was twenty. That was twenty five years ago, which isn't that long, it's, right? Yeah, it's not that long. You know, so I, I, I does that count as like we're, we're progress? Yeah, that, no, and, and look, I don't know. To your point, you know, we also have seen, you know, a lot of women enter the coaching ranks in the NBA as assistant coaches. Yes, um, that. You know, I think are being considered in some capacity for jobs. Maybe they're, you know, not one of the top candidates, but Becky uh, Hammond's always being mentioned as, you know, a possible uh, coach. She was my choice for, you know, (laughs) if I had my druthers, yeah, that would be her. You know, you get uh, Teresa Weatherspoon is in the league. Kara Lawson, I mean, she just took the the Duke job, but she was with the Celtics. You know, so – I mean, there are really great women all over the league. So that is progress. That is a step in the right direction. And like you said, 25 years, um, you know, it's, it's a long time, but in, it, it goes fast. Um, yeah. I guess we're, you know, we're in the right direction, but it's, it's almost crazy that that premise was, that was part of the premise of this is outrageous, this thing. Yeah. And we still haven't seen a head coach. And uh, I do think that it's going to happen soon, but I, you know, I, is it five years? Is it three I- I would be utterly shocked if it doesn't happen within five years. I think, I think it'll happen within three years. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't think it'll happen this off season because I don't think there's going to be a ton of jobs opening this off season. No. Um, but like, yeah, no, I think within the next couple of years and like, God, speak, <laughs> speaking of, of Europeans with, with the reputation for not, defending although he was a damn good defender um and it's it's a shame that his reputation is probably not as such Pagasol Pagasol spoke up for Becky Hammond's candidacy yep. a few years ago when he wrote that piece for the Players Tribune like you read what he wrote like the, the fact that this is even an it shouldn't even be an issue right that a person is it's like just hire the best basketball mind for the job and the, mm-hmm. be, the person you think is gonna do it's you know, and like it, the, the, you know, there's a scene in the movie where she walks in the locker, the showers, yeah, and like you know, there's a, a a genitalia joke that I can't believe got in the movie 25 years ago, um, but like it's a comedy, it's a comedy, it is, a, it is, it is kind of comedy, um, that's fair, uh, but like I think we're, I I don't I don't I don't those silly like how is a woman going to be in the yeah. locker room type of thing like really like is anyone's I, I maybe there are some people who are still using that as an argument i but i don't think the players feel that way i don't think so either i, I don't really don't so. to, like to your point with the way pal spoke of her of becky Hammond, you know i think that the way you know if you saw recently the celtics all were so excited for yeah. Carol they all wore duke shirts you know, i think the, i think all the players if there's a you know, a female coach on staff, they all respect um, that person as much so as they would, you know, anybody else going to be a coach. So I, I hope that in three years, you know, some organization is, is brave enough to, you know, give someone a shot. I think someone will. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, if I was taking bets on who it would be, I don't know. I mean, you know, pop is going to walk away at some point. Yeah. We'll see. He'll be there. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, let's get back to uh, all of the NBA guys on this Knicks roster. Okay. So if we're going to make a starting five. 
All right, we got Mark Jackson at point. Yes. Malik Seely at shooting guard. Yeah. Rick Fox at small forward. Yeah. Okay, we got John Sally at power forward. Greg. Yeah. Oh, Greg. Although, he, although Sally's on the bench for a while, but yeah, eventually well, he's this, power forward. We're gonna. We're gonna use not their personas, the real legit team. Okay. Okay. So Ostertag at center, Ostertag. Sally at power forward, Fox small forward, Malik Sealy at shooting guard, Mark Jackson. Hypothetically, <laughs> how does that team fare in the ninety five ninety six season? Now this is this is the seventy two and ten Bulls, <sighs> Penny and Shaq, Reggie's Pacers. Yeah. I- Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, Rex Chapman, eight, the eighth seed Miami Heat, and the Hornets got the ninth seed. So, I'm, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. Yeah. So, Jackson at the time was a starting point guard for the Pacers who were very good. Yeah. So, he proved he could be a starting point guard for a really good team. Rick Fox was, I believe, was he with the Lakers already at that point? Uh, I, he was good I, though. I, he was good. No, he, Rick Fox I mean, was good. I mean, he hadn't, you know, he was still those early 2000 championship teams. He was a big part of those teams. So he's, you know. Yeah. Sealy and Sally were not like, those were bench guys. Yeah. Like un- unequivocally bench guys. And then Greg Ostertag obviously was the worst <laughs> starter on the, on the, on the jazz. Um, I think the only question is, is that the worst team in the league? I mean, they, <laughs> They don't have an engine. They like. What's their offense? Are they like? Is Mark, Mark Jackson, Jackson posting up post. every time? Jackson in the post. <laughs> like, there's not a ton of shooting there. No, oh goodness. Tough. Yeah, I think they. I don't know. With the, the league hadn't yet expanded to the Grizzlies and the, or had no, they had. They had just expanded to the Grizzlies and the yeah. and the Raptors. Those were the two new teams. Yep. Maybe they're better than the Grizzlies. <laughs> you know, Br- Brian Big Country Reeves, I think was that I think was drafted that that year for 95-96. I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. That's not a great team. It's not good. Um, <laughs> it's not a very good team. I mean, their bench isn't that deep. One of the guys, Vernal Vernal Singleton played with Shaq Shaq at LSU but never made it to the league. So they don't have a very deep bench. They had that Ron Baker look alike yeah. with the with the flowing blonde locks. Yeah, um, I didn't catch his name, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think he was a filler. He was a filler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was an actor. He was not a basketball player. <laughs> like they could have got Gary Payton, like on the team. Yeah, like, I wonder, like, you know, what guys they asked to have like a legitimate role that turned it down. I don't know. There's not a lot of information, uh, background information um, about this film on the internet. You know what? You know what makes this movie a lot more interesting is if Barkley's in it. If Barkley's in this movie, if we, you know, to borrow from the rewatchables, if we're doing recasting couch, if I could recast, um, keep John Sally, but re, but like have Barkley on the team as well. Yeah, that would I mean, be fun. Barkley, if he was the number one option on the team, instead of that's, a, that's a playoff team in the East. It's a playoff That's team. A playoff team in these. Yeah, for sure. Oh, even with Osterday. Yeah, yeah. Even with Oster, but you know, then you're you're getting maybe a little bit more modern. Rick Fox, Barkley, maybe spreading it. You know, spreading the court a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, that's you know, fair. Or Jackson okay. in the post kicking out. I don't know. 
<laughs> Maybe it could work. Well, let's, you know what, we're, we're not going to recast that movie, but we're going we're gonna to cast a remake right now. Oh, goodness. All right. So, look, we're just going to throw names against the wall. Okay. Um, Put me on the spot here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it out. Uh, well, hold I, on. Can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah Are we recasting? We're recasting purely on, like, what NBA players do we want to see act mm-hmm. in the 2020 version of this movie? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to – I think – the probably the best actor out of all the players right now that could carry a movie. I think Blake Griffin probably. I mean, I've I haven't seen his stand up. Um, I know he's performed at was it Edinburgh? I want to say is the name of that comedy festival. He's, I know he's done a big one in Canada. He's like he's a legit stand up. So yeah, um, is he healthy yet? Well, that could, get, you know he might be the he might, maybe he's the John Sally. Maybe he's the you know? John like that. <laughs> Where that's fitting right in, you know, he's his... fitting right in. Um, I hope his, I hope the rest of his career is, is better than John Sally's. Work. Okay. No, that's a good start. Okay. I like that. All right. Um, um, Ky- doesn't Kyrie need, I, I hate to say it. Kyrie does. He, he needs to get a role, right? He's in there somewhere. He's probably in there somewhere. Um, if we, if we had in, in, in Eddie, if we made the Mark Jackson character so lifelike, like true to life that he had the Bible and he was like preaching yeah. verse and whatnot. Can't we make Kyrie like the, the weird conspiracy. Yeah. Guy. Like the Looney tune of the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That's so. fun. Yeah, for sure. And he has acting chops, you know, he, he did uncle drew. So, you know, you got, so we got Kyrie, we got Blake, um, for the stereotypical foreigner. I'm thinking Ennis Cantor. I Wow. Because he's a personality. Yes, he is. I mean, he's hasn't he done? Has he done like WWE? He's gonna end up in, in WWE. At some yeah, point. for sure, for sure. Um, that's perfect. And I th- and to great. your point, I, I do think he's done like a cameo in WWE. He has to have. I think he. Um, I think he has. Okay, so we have the one, the four, and the five. Uh, we need a small forward. Well, talk about acting chops already. I, I mean, he, he's filming a different basketball movie at the time, but maybe LeBron's available. Um, it could be. I mean, I mean LeBron is definitely, he, he might be one of the, he might be a better actor than Blake. I mean, Blake's pretty good. His commercials are pretty, pretty legit. LeBron was good in that Amy Schumer movie. In, in, I thought he was great in Trainwreck, um, as was, um, as was Amari uh, Stoudemire, albeit briefly. Um <laughs> Yeah, but if LeBron's in the movie, he takes over the movie. It's not about yeah. the coach anymore. It's about LeBron. So maybe we leave That's LeBron true. out of this. Um, I don't know. I'm struggling to think of what's J.R. Smith doing. Can we get J.R.? <laughs> well, I, we 100% could get J.R. We could probably get J.R. And then I, we need a, we need a wing. Um, I'm thinking – I was thinking Aaron Gordon as like – kind of the charismatic, you know, he's kind of the one who's like concerned about his rap videos, the photo shoots, which is, <laughs> he, he has to play small forward. He's forward. not a power. He's yeah. not a four. Yeah, he's he's got to play small forward. You, you got to put me into three coach. That's his, that's his thing in the movie. He's like, I'm not playing the four. I'm a, I'm a yeah, I'm a wing. I'm a wing. wing. Make me a wing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I'll, I'll go with all that. That's good. That's pretty good. 
And then uh, the Larry Johnson character, I mean, I feel like it's got to be Giannis. Oh, that's pretty... Oh, I have a... So, in a movie... Real real quick rant. In a movie that has a fan getting hired as a coach... Yep. That has an owner buying the team, and then, if my math is correct, three months later, sign the team to a group that wants to move them to St. Louis yeah. from New York. That's in a movie... It, yeah. In a movie that features these things, you want to know what the most unrealistic part of the movie was? When Dennis Farina becomes the Hornets coach and he's in that final <laughs> final thing with Larry Johnson. What does he tell Larry Johnson? He tells Larry Johnson, go in and take out take um, the John Sally character, right? Because yeah. Sally's killing him. New Orleans Saints style. Bounty gate. You're, you're <laughs> not sending in your superstar to go commit a flagrant foul. You're sending in... Literally anybody else. Yeah. Anybody. You're not sending in Larry Johnson. Uh, that is the most yeah. unrealistic part of that movie. <laughs> I just had to say that. You know, I, I, I was going to ask, what is the most unrealistic part? Because there's so many moving pieces. That's it. You're making a very good argument for that over selling the New York basketball franchise <laughs> to St. Louis. I, like, I mean, David Stern at this time, if that was even like brought up to him, he might he might just kick you out of the league right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he. I'm pretty sure he would have. He might. He might put a hit on you. Um, with a with a um, with a, a runner up to, I don't know if you caught this. People Magazine was was one of the people was one of the media outlets in the locker room, just covering a random Knicks game. Right, it's New York. <laughs> the, New York in the nineties. The next time People Magazine's covering a Knicks game, I'll I'll take note. <laughs> Look, man, after who knows when, when fans and media are allowed back, if there's a – who knows what the media landscape is going to look like at this point. It could, it could be a free-for-all. It's going to be the Wild West. Very true. Very true. People Magazine, they might, they might be the leading uh, sports network coming out of this whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> Anything's on the table. Everything, everything's on the table. All right. Look, I think we could end it there. This was a uh, – do you have any final thoughts on this? Um, final thoughts. I'm going to ch- check my notes here. Um, I forgot that Danny Manning played for the Suns. Oh yeah. Completely forgot that. Um, I, I will always remember the, the first big NBA trade of like my fandom was, um, Dominique to the, the Clippers okay. and then in, in exchange for Danny Manning. So I forgot that he was, he was on the Suns. Um, I believe the word ho monger was used in this movie. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's, that yeah. stood out to me. Um, and, yeah, I did, you know, again, is it a good movie? No. It's not a good movie. No. But as a relic of an era, did I feel like it was worth my hour and a half? Yes, it was worth yeah. my hour and a half. I, I think that it holds up. I mean, you're, you're watching this for the first time. Yeah. I watching I'm rewatching this movie and you know part of me I'm like is it the nostalgia that's making me enjoy this um I think it's more than that yeah I think there's like it again it's it's not a good movie but there's like it's a charm <laughs> there's charm to it yeah there is charm to it. it like you know we didn't even we didn't talk about the scene where she like watches the video of her dad but like there's actually that's 
I have to think the 13 or 18 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a lot of it was for that scene. That was like kind of touching scene. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I'm not giving it a strong recommend, but I will say for any Hoops fans out there who have not seen Eddie, um, yeah. go go give it a shot. Look, guys, we're we're a couple of weeks away, hopefully, from the season resuming with no problems at all. Knock on wood. And until then, and and after then, we got nothing but but time to watch basketball movies that got an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, but maybe they were wrong. And it's our job now to go back and fix that. I mean, I'm going to go on Rotten Tomatoes and review it. I'm going to boost the number up. I'm gonna, I am going to be the change. That, you know, I, be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> Support Eddie. Support Eddie. Whoopi, classic Whoopi Goldberg. She was great, even though she did get nominated for a Razzie, which I guess at the time... Uh, the award she was nominated for was worst actress in a film. And uh, I can't handle that slander because I thought she was great. She was everything that I expect out of a Whoopi Goldberg movie in the nineties. It's a, you know, it's a tough beat coming off the Oscar for ghost. <laughs> just a couple of years later, a couple of years, um, later. you know, but hey, listen, plenty of superstars have come to the Knicks and <laughs> got, got nominated for a Razzie as it were. So, <laughs> Once again, this is the most realistic Knicks movie ever, ever written and produced in Hollywood. Um, That's it. All right, John, thank you so much for joining me. This was an um, an amazing time talking about this film that, you know, there's only so many people I can converse with about this film in the world. So I'm I'm honored you were here with me. Um. (laughs) Thank thank you for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Can I do a quick plug? 100%. Yeah, so um, uh, speaking of, um, you know, causes that are, um, you know, worth um, talking about, thinking about, um, we had a, a black a black woman in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, doing an upcoming episode of my podcast um, in which I am offering uh, any listener who wants um, a five-minute spot on the pod in exchange for a $30 donation to um, Higher Heights for America, which is an organization that is um, trying to get uh, black women um, more involved in politics, both um, in an official capacity and then also at the voting booth. Um, so if you are interested in appearing on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, find me on Twitter and DM me. It's uh, JC Macri MBA. And uh, yeah, man, $30 for a good cause. Um, these are these are times that we are living in right now that we have to take advantage of, and um, you know, let's try to let's try to make it so that things like black women coaching basketball are not absurd. A hundred percent. That's that's amazing. Everybody, jump on that that uh, opportunity. Um, black Lives Matter, and uh, everybody vote in, yeah. in member, please. <laughs> All right, guys, well like, uh, rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff. Um, you, again, Jonathan, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.